Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 13, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 6, Into Action, and we are at page 83, paragraph 3. Today's readers are Rachel N.M., Michelle H., and Deb W. The reference number for yesterday, uh, May 12th, is 7635. That's 7635. OA Preamble. Hope Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, I will now ask Ellen B. to read the 12 steps. Press star one to unmute. Yes, thanks. Uh, this is uh, Ellen B., compulsive overeater from Maryland. Uh, the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ellen. I will now ask Deanna B. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. This is Deanna B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership 
is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Deanna. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the reader speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 83, paragraph 3, that starts, there may be some wrongs we can never fully write. And I will ask Rachel N.M. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would right them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. Well, this is Rachel, and um, my thoughts on this paragraph are that the way we can honestly say that we would write them if we could and um, or postpone something would be not to make the decision ourselves, um, 
but to double check our honesty with our sponsor or other recovered people because um, if you're like me, you have a tendency to um, deceive yourself at times. Deceive yourself at times. But mostly I'd like to focus on um, the end of the paragraph where it tells us how to go about making our amends. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. Um, the most recent lesson on this to me has been in my um, home recently. My husband shared that he felt that often when I would come apologize to him that there would be something that felt like it was poking at him. And so I'm trying to learn to not say as much when I apologize. And um, sometimes it's better to make a living amends. Of course, we always make living amends. Um, but sometimes less is better to be said. We want to consider the other person and how it will make them feel if it will be helpful to them um, we let we do our part um, and and be humble because we are God's people we stand um, we stand equal with all other human beings um and so we are not, neither better nor worse than other people. And we simply want to be honest and humble and helpful to others. And that's all I have to share. I pass. Thank you so much, um, Rachel. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This not is M. Paula D. Not M. Got you, Matt. Got you, Paula. Anyone else? This is or Bella. Can I share? Okay, Bella. Um, okay, let's go with those three. Matt M., Paula D., and Bella. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Matt. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can now. Thank you. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater. Hey, Tracy. Um, this is a powerful paragraph, you know, um, I'm getting further and further in this process, getting closer to doing this step. And, uh, yeah, I think fear is what was keeping me um, down from getting to this step. Um, there are some wrongs I don't know if I can actually fully write. There are a few people in my life who have passed away. And there's some people, uh, even though I feel like they're wronging more, I feel, I feel, I feel that I'm going to get, like, you know, the door slammed in my face. And um, there's no really valid reason why I can't really, post, uh, why I need to postpone these amends that I know of right now. So I'm going to be willing to make that list. And um, as of right now, my higher power, is, my heart is open. I don't feel like I'm never going to be able to make any of these amends. Like, I'm going to keep myself from making them if these people shut up my life. Um, I want to be free of all this stuff, and I want to be painstaking about this process. It is, it, it is painful. It's like stretching. Your, it's for me. It's like stretching myself like a piece of taffy or like something that's going to snap. I go to a band. Um, but um, I'm not going to be groveling. It's not about being... being um, on your knees and saying, oh, God, please forgive me. Oh, I didn't need to do those things to you. Please, please. It's not about them forgive, forgiving you. It's about clearing up my side of the street and uh, cleaning up the wreckage of my past so I can be free of this, so I can be a maximum service to myself and my fellow man. 
that's really what the purpose of this doing of doing this process is I want to be free of this and the session will be lifted on my higher powers time, not mine. You know, just because you go through the steps, the session the session is not always lifted right away. Um, but it's about taking the state process day day by day and it is day 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 process, one day at a time. You know, I don't believe in this people say they go to many meetings a week to have insurance on their program, insurance on their uh, their recovery. You know, you only have 24 hours ahead of you, and that's all I have today. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but today I, I woke up again with the willingness. You know, I pray every day that I that my higher power grants me that willingness every day to work this program, because I do not want to be, I do not want to go back, uh, backwards and fall back into my addiction or back into the food. It's it's how it's really is hellish, you know, having a head full of program and a belly full of food. Uh, I'm really grateful this paragraph is here because right underneath that the promises are, are read. And I always read them every day because I need to know what my goals are. I need to have small goals. I have to have goals like I do everything else in my life. And um, I have to have recovery goals. And um, I'm grateful today that I have, like I said, I have the willingness to work this program one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Paula D., your turn. And thank you. And thank you for your service today. And uh, glad to be here. This would be Paula D., and I am a compulsive overeater. I am recovered today by and with the grace of God. I'm going to scoot on down to that last line that was read, if you'd come along. As God's people, this is what changes it. This is the transformation. As God's people, I finally am part of. Those in this fellowship understand what I'm saying. As part of God's people, we stand on our feet that's what finally changes. I didn't stand. We don't crawl before anyone. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who I am today. And I am part of. But now I'm going to go zero on up and I'm going to go back to that first line. There may be some, some wrongs. We can never fully write. I'm not God. But I follow and I carry through. We don't worry. Now, we hear many do, do do this, do that, must. But look at this says, do not, oh, no, do not worry about them. Ah, uh, here again. If we can honestly, another transformation. Oh, I can't do that. We forget who we're doing it with. And we forget who we're doing it for. We can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. That's seeing things in a totally different light. Finally seeing them as they are, I would write them if I could. Now, I am going to end there and say thank you that I had the opportunity to speak, and I will now listen. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Bella, your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankfully covered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. As God's people, wow, such an empowering sentence. Yes, this is the the goal, and this is the main thing in the program. Yes, we have to remember who we are. I am not anymore connected to my ego. I am not anymore here to make, to say I am sorry to be a people pleaser. I am not anymore the perfect person that I have to be embarrassed and, and, and ashamed that I did mistake. 
Yes, today I know I am God's people. Yes, this is the way that God created me. Human, human being, that I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. And I don't want now to be perfect because this is not God's will for me. Yes, God wants I should be a person, a human being. And when I am doing an amends, it's not about to say I am a people pleaser, that people should accept me and respect me. It's not about my power. It's about be connected to God. Yes, today I am connected to an acceptance and loving power. I know that God loves me the way I am. And yes, I did mistakes because I don't know everything all the time. And yes, today, thank you, God, I change my belief. I change my belief that I am perfect and one day I will be perfect and there are somebody else that is perfect. This is not my belief anymore. Thank you, God, that today I want to do God's will for me, and I want to give over the message that God wants for me, and nothing about my ego and my power. And I am not responsible of the, of the outcomings. You know, I have to, to clean myself, and today I clean it, without fear, because today I am connected to a loving power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice, Janice M. Okay, Janice M., go ahead. Well, thank you, Katie, and good morning Charles H. And Charles H., Okay. Okay, and good morning again, and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a grateful, um, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm going to take this sentence, we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. Well, if you're new and you say, oh, yeah, but, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but, you don't know what they did to me. Well, we're in a different place now. We're in a different stage at this stage at the ninth step. Um, our attitudes are changed because my higher power changed them through these steps. So I don't have resentments, and if I do, I have to wait then before I make the amends. I'm a different woman today. You know, I'm trying to show more sensitivity and skill towards these people. I, you know, because I could see my part through this process, I have a different attitude towards these people that are making amends. So it's not too hard. And as we grow through this process, we become more tactful, you know, hopefully more sensitive, like I said, more considerate and courteous. You know, those are things that I wasn't very, I didn't practice very much. Thoughtful of the other person? No. Thoughtful of me. And humble, which means, you know what, you know, I'm not holier than than thou by doing this, and I'm not cocky. You know, but I'm a little bit more diplomatic, you know, and I minimize oppositions. And uh, how can you do this? Well, it does. It just happens. It happens when we go through this process. And servile, I'm not feeling less than, you see. I'm just, you know, I'm on an even balance with my higher power. That's the only reason why I can do it. And, uh, you know, it's not irritating. So these are the attitudes 
that I have at this time, that I had at this time, um, to make my amends. Otherwise, if I was holding back resentments, I could never do it. I'd still be harsh. I'd be aggravated. Um, So this is something that will happen. It's a promise. It really, truly is. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Janice, Charles, your turn. Um, person go performing because I'm about to get off the bus. I don't want to interrupt the meeting. Okay, I'll go. This is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And this paragraph is just um, right where I was with um, my amends. I was um, in my early 20s when I first came to OA and my mid to, you know, 27 when I got abstinent. And so much of my um, wrongdoing was in my attitude and in my head and in my uh, resentment and victim mentality. So although I wanted to um, make things right, I wanted to announce to people, I don't hate you anymore. I don't resent you anymore. You used to bug me to death when you did blank. And, of course, thank goodness we don't do this alone. And I had a sponsor who you know, guided me through this process. And I didn't need to tell, you know, my stepmother or my um, coworkers that I no longer hated them. Um, I needed to change my behavior. And God willing, you know, they learned that. Uh, There were businesses that um, I worked for and I stole candy from their aisles. And when I was ready to make my amends, they had were no longer in business. And, you know, so I had to uh, pay it forward a different way. Um, I couldn't, you know, write dear uh, Mr. Store Manager and send them, you know, 10 or $20. I had to do it a different way because they were no longer there. But the, the, the main point of all this is this sentence that says, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. I cannot shirk my responsibility. I can no longer say they were meaner to me than I was to them. And, well, if you had my mother, you'd act that way too. That is the point, is that I have to change my behavior regardless of how someone else has acted. And with that, I'll pass. And now maybe Charles could speak. I'd like to share Katie. It's Vasa. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, Charles. Go ahead. And then Vasa. Thank you kindly. Um, good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles H., a recovered visionary, just for today. And um, I want to I speak on that line, as God's people, we stand up, we don't crawl. Um, and I don't want to utilize that line or beat nobody over the head or beat, but I'm going I'm to I'm tell you, um, and, in the, you know, not going ahead of the thing, but, you know, just to let you know, like, how do you, how, how does a person know that they should go on to that 10th step? Well, I asked my sponsees, all those those are questions in the ninth step, those promises. And they said, yep. And and, 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 and some of the and some of the men's they, they had a deadline on it. So we keep moving. We continue, right? So I say that all that to say this, that I got a resentment and I caught it last night. And it's okay and I know what to do with it. I know what to do with it. I, I, I go go ahead and tell somebody um, and I put them through the columns, as I've been taught, like a good soldier, and I love it. So I have a resentment um, with my pastor, and I love my pastor, 
and this is I'm just making an uh, uh, I'm just making an analogy, an example here. Um, you know, I have we don't we you know as God's people we don't sit down, we stand up, right? And I got a resentment, and I got the resentment that that most people in the world have. They always ask for money, always ask for money, always ask for money, always ask for money, and I'm resentful towards it. Um, and you know, like. You know, you 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 wanna look. I can't pay my way to go to heaven. I can't pay my way for spirituality, and I I, I feel some type of way behind it. And if I can't tell y'all or tell nobody else, listen, I, this is this is the emergency room. I need to come here every day because I got stage four cancer of the mind, the obsession of the mind. Right? If listen, if I thought I was perfect, if I thought vision for you was perfect, as soon as I got here, it done, I done messed it up. So. You know, I'm here because I got issues. I'm not, it's not I want to get on the phone at 7 a.m. I'm joyful. I'm grateful, but I have issues. And, you know, I finally see the light, the spiritual connection. If I don't, right, if I don't talk about these resentments and put them through the columns and I feel some type of way, I feel better when I put them through the columns. I'm human. If I, if, if somebody come up in here, talk on this line and be like, yo, I never get resentments no more. I'm running far away from them. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles. And Vasa, oh, it's your turn. Thank you, Katie. It's Vasa. Is it my turn? Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service, Katie. And good morning, everybody. My name is Vasa. Grateful, grateful, recovering compulsive overeater, calling from uh, Massachusetts. And I, I, as I've shared many times, I continue to do whatever it takes so I don't go back to the food. And I made that promise, I made that commitment uh, with God when I came in the program. And, you know, I'm, I do take the steps the way they are, and I don't do them perfectly. And that's why I keep coming and progressing. You know, I ask God to mold me and shape me and twist me in every way he could to be the person that he wants me to be. And step nine was, uh, it's a very, very important step to do. And uh, and it says uh, here, there, are, there may be some wrongs we can never fully right. And, uh, and I do have you know, it's not that I didn't try, but I tried. I did it, and then the outcome—it's not mine; it's in God's hands. And uh, I remember making amends to my children at the beginning. That's how it started with my own little kids, you know, and the cat, because every month in a while, you know, when I came home, she'd be around my feet, you know, maybe to feed her, or maybe she wanted attention. Not. I'd kick her, tell her, get away from me, you know. The poor cat didn't know whether she was, when I, how, when I, you know, when I came, I became more loving, you know, with, you know, I, you know, again, my attitude started changing, and the cat would look at me. She didn't know what I was going to do with her. So she noticed the changes in me, too. But anyway, step nine, it's uh, some people cannot be seen. Uh, we send them an honest letter, and I've done that. But I like this part. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being serv- uh, servile or scraping. Uh, and again, and God was doing for me that I couldn't do for myself, and I thought I had to. If somebody stepped on my foot, I would apologize. 
and uh, I was never a tactful, uh, uh, confrontive person, but God was giving me that strength, the courage, a little bit from the inside. I mean, I was surprised at that. I thought I needed to be always humble. And, and the power started coming from God. It was like, like, God, I'm not this kind of a person, but he wanted me to be that kind of a person. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We do not crawl before anyone. And that has been my experience over the years. You know, I do make amends, and I do it for myself. Whatever they do, it's up to, you know, they can do whatever they want with it. So um, I'm not responsible um, about the outcome. I don't want to give um, anybody the power to control me, and I don't want to control anybody. So, I mean, this all comes from God. It's not from my own doing. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Who else would like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Renata. Melissa C. Okay, I heard Renata and Melissa C. Was there someone else? Janice. And Janice P. Okay, let's have those three, and then we'll move on with uh, Michelle H. on the next paragraph. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Thank you. Good morning. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. And uh, what came up for me in this paragraph today was, you know, um, there's some wrongs. There may be some wrongs that we can never fully write. And I definitely had a couple of amends that I could never fully write. You know, like, let's say one example, my brother's wedding that I missed just because I didn't want to show up fast, you know. So it was complete, you know, self-centered behavior, and um, I did not think of him at all. And uh, it's best, you know. I can never take it back, you know. I can't go back in time and show up, you know. But what it came for me... Uh, for me in this paragraph is that as an addict, I, you know, I'm always on um, the extremes, right? Uh, so, like, once I realize that I've done something wrong, that I've done something harmful to him, right, that I that I can't take back, that I can't fully correct, I mean, I can't correct it in the future, right? What I do now is that I, I do show up for a social occasions for family gatherings that I'm supposed to be at. But, like, you know, I would go into so much guilt that I would suddenly be a doormat, you know, and where it says here we should be sensible, sexful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. So, you know, the, the, the point of making amends is not to all of a sudden live in guilt and then become a doormat to people. Because my behaviors in the past would be that I was either, like, not looking at all at my part and it's all your fault, or it's all me and I'm wrong and I'm the most horrible person in the world and now I need to do whatever I can every single day to make you happy. You know, I I need to buy you gifts. I need to call you all the time. I need to put you first. I need to, you know, and that's not what this process is about. It's just about you know, taking responsibility for the things I have done, for the harm I have caused, and 
you know, my brother did appreciate when I made amends to him and he said I was very selfish and inconsiderate of you, you know, I'm a very self-centered person and I'm really sorry. And from now on, you know, I want to be present. I want to be part of your life. And that's all I can do, you know, and follow through with that. I can't, I can't go back in time and I can't, you know, become a slave of guilt uh, because then there's no freedom in that. And that's what I want to share. Thanks. Thank you so much, Renata. Uh, Melissa C., your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, this is a real blueprint for living because um, either I was 100% right or I was 100% wrong. And um, and that's how I went through my life. And so I wouldn't apologize for things unless I believed that it was only my fault and all of my fault. Um, and then I would grovel because how I was so wrong. And that's when I lived in, you know, this weird black and white of right and wrong. And um, and that's not really what this is about. I'm human. I'm I'm full of flaws and mistakes and imperfect, but willing to grow along spiritual lines. So, you know, the the amends that I um, make, I make them with humility. I try not to, or I've tried not to do any more harm when I apologize. And then, you know, and then it's and then it's kind of over and done. Then I. I go forth and um, and have a living amends and change my behavior, the way that I engage. But, um, you know, I did, I have shared before that I had made an amends to someone who um, wasn't really interested and perhaps was, um, the old me was almost thinking to go back and, and apologize again, you know. And um, I, I'm not crawling, you know. This tells me real clear. This is, um, I'm standing on my feet. I I apologize for my part, and, um, you know, God at this point doesn't necessarily want us in one another's lives. You know, that's that's the only way that I can do it. And, you know, it's also making me think a lot about my former relationship with food. Either I was perfectly good or I was eating everything. You know, there was never any um, sense of balance, and so... There was no moderation in anything in my life, and not that I can solve this food problem with moderation, because there's certainly some things I just know that I can never eat. Um, thank you, God, I know that. But um, I used to think that if I overate, um, I would have to punish myself for the next, you know, however long and fast. And and that was the same way that I kind of thought about right and wrong and amends and. Um, you know, today it, it's really about living at peace with my fellows. And um, so I, I work to not create any more harm in the relationships that I have. And when I make a mistake, I, I try to clean it up as best I can. And then I, but I stay on my feet and I move forward. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. And Janice P., your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice P., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, God. You know, I love this part of step nine because it reminds me of who I used to be, what I'm up against, and what it's like now. You know, who I used to be, I was unreliable, I was unpredictable, I was erratic, I was controlling, but I was so sweet about it. You know, that was the old me. And it says here in step nine that our behavior will convince them. Our behavior, the actions that I'm going to take now, living in the world with other also human people, are going to be transformed. They're going to be different because they're being fueled. I'm plugged into the power source. I'm plugged into the power source. And I'm trying to the best of my ability to find out each day, one day at a time, what God's will is for me. And to live in harmony with my fellow human beings. And in cleaning up my side of the street here, I'm a transformed person doing this. I'm not the same old person thinking the old thoughts. You know, this is a thinking disease. Once we put the food down and we're abstinent, then it's a thinking disease because the obsession of the mind is what I'm going to always be on guard against. And and for that spiritual transformation, I stand tall. You know, but the big book says we don't lead with the chin either. You know, I, I have that victim that someone else talked about, that victim mentality. And it's so easy for me to fall back into old patterns lest I not be aware of the person God wants me to be today, to stand tall, to be a stand-up kind of gal, you know, to be reliable, to be tactical, to hold a confidence. Those skeptics that are out there, whether it's someone I've made amends to or not, those skeptics are going to see some new behaviors. And in time, they're going to learn that they can trust those new behaviors, this new person. And it's going to take time. You know, there may, be, there may be some reasons and some people that I had to put on hold for a little while and then get to later, but I believe there was higher timing at work because maybe I needed a little strengthening. Maybe I needed a little practice. Practice, practice, practice these steps so that I was a little stronger in my spiritual foundation so that when I came to those amends, I stood on firmer ground, and I felt a little less shaky about it, and I knew everything was going to be all right. I knew everything was going to be all right. But as long as my heart is in the right place, as long as I come at this with an open-hearted, loving, kind, tolerance is our code kind of place, then that power source is going to fuel me in a way I never would have imagined. And if you haven't done step nine, hold on tight because you're in for the ride of your life. And if you're with me and you've done step nine, you have a lot of experience to share in those still feeling uncertain and afraid because they haven't had the experience yet. Those who have had the experience shared with me and gave me that little bit of extra confidence that if they could do it, I could do it. And isn't that how it works? And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you so much, Janice P. And now I will ask Michelle H. to please read uh, the next paragraph. And if you could just read through the first three promises, and we'll focus our um, comments on those and your comments on those. Thank you. Hey, um, good morning, Katie. Good morning, Vision, for you. Um, um, I was unmuting, and am I supposed to read the, the whole paragraph? Um, and then just... Um, um, if you could read through the first three promises. Okay. And I'll well, you can read, I guess you can read the whole thing, but we're going to focus our comments on the first three paragraphs. Three right. promises. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Michelle H., recovered compulsive overeater from Missouri. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And um, so, you know, the first part is telling telling me that, you know, if I'm painstaking about this process um, or this phase of our development, and so um, I'm going to be amazed before I'm halfway through and that was certainly my experience. Um, it was a little shaky going into um, beginning to make my amends. And, um, you know, it was through the help of, um, of my fellows, my sponsor, um, who, you know, I could see the results in her. I could see that um, she was a person that was free, um, free of the obsession of compulsive overeating, those food thoughts. And I saw her as a person who was honest, and I wanted that for myself. And as I, I ventured out in making my amends, um, I, I too, um, had that same experience. Um, my sponsor kept telling me, you know, Michelle, this is where, um, you, you know, the, the food obsession will, will leave you um, once you've completed step nine. And that was my experience, and I, I, that in itself was a miracle to me, um, that I would ever have a life that was free of thinking about food. That was my every thought, and that was my experience. And then, you know, once the food was down and, and the food obsession after working through these steps, then it was the freedom from the bondage of self, you know, because, you know, I'm taught, you know, as a student of the big book that, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, that's my problem. And and what is the solution, you know, a power and a power source that is, that is going to help me um, um, to you know, see my selfishness, become aware of it, and not be blind to it anymore. Um, because, you know, I, I was plagued by the bedevilments that we find on page 52. I, it says we were prey to misery and depression. We were unhappy. And, and I was. And it says, you know, I'm going to know, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. It wasn't the, the happiness that I was chasing after, um, the external things that I thought were going to make me happy. No, it was a way of thinking of others and thinking um, thinking less about myself, and um, free becoming free of the feeling that I'm like a victim, and and being able to actually see the truth about myself and others. 
that I wasn't a victim, that I had created my own misery. But there was, there is, and there was a way out, and I, I found that way out. It was shared um, with me by people who are recovered. It's shared every day on this line by people who are recovered. And, you know, tapping into this power source and um, working these steps, going through the process, and especially the action steps four through nine, and nine, you know, where I'm, I'm seeing the truth about myself and others. I'm taking an action. I'm making the amends. And I am finding a new, a new freedom and a new happiness. You know, I'm at peace with myself and with others, as, as has already been shared. And um, I'm, I'm not going to regret the past anymore. Um, I'm at peace with it. You know, I'm, I'm cleaned up the wreckage of my past, and I can move forward and, and continue uh, to keep my side of the street clean, to continue to do um, that housekeeping and that keeps me in alignment with my higher power um, to know what his will is for me today, that brings me the greatest peace and the greatest happiness. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle. Who would like to share on the first three promises? I would. Sally. My name is Nancy. Sally. Amy E. Sally. Okay, I heard Nancy. Sure. Okay, just a second. Nancy, Sally, A, Amy, E. Amy, e. Hannah? Sheila H. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I have Nancy, Sally A, Amy E, Hannah, and Sheila H. Let's go with those and that'll just barely be quick. Thanks. Hello? Okay, if we could start with Nancy, please. Okay, Sally A, go ahead, please. I can't. This, okay. this is Nancy. <laughs> hear me? Uh, yes, Nancy, we can hear you. Please wait, Sally. Thank you. Oh, okay. Hi, good morning. My name is Nancy. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I just really want to attest to the first promise. Just want to share briefly uh, an experience I had after um, uh, doing the ninth step with someone. I, I I became a principal of a school where I had been a teacher, and I had been uh, we had a real close relationship that had fra- that had fizzled because of an incident with uh, with someone whom I had been very close with, and I was very hurt about what had happened. After doing the ninth step, I saw I was led to see my um, uh, where I was at fault, and, and it was really ironic that it all happened when I became when I became principal. And here I am; I'm going to be the supervisor of somebody that I have this serious resentment towards. And sure enough, what the big book says is true. You know, I just looked at my side of the street, not at what she had done, but what I had done, and I immediately uh, made that made the amends. And after that, I was able to pass her, uh, supervise her. The, I mean, the, the, the promises are true. You know, I, I just felt free. I, you know, I wasn't avoiding her like I had been before. Uh, and with other people, you know, with anybody I've made the amends towards, uh, I'm free. I don't have any uh, remorse or any hang-ups. I don't avoid people because I have acknowledged my wrong. And it's, it, whether or not the person acknowledged theirs is irrelevant. 
I'm the one that's set free. And it laid the foundation for me to deal with resentments today. The promises of the program are true. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. And Sally, it's your turn. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And so here we are at the promises, promises that I, for 32 years, have been looking at since 1982 when I first, in December 6th, first walked into my first OA meeting. I have heard these promises read like a fairy tale at the end of every meeting, truly promises that work for me like a fairy tale. And it begins with the word if. And the word if is a condition. It's a condition. You can't have these promises. We can never have these promises if we don't do what precedes them, what comes before it. If the condition. If we are painstaking, the word painstaking, it means if we are careful, if we are meticulous, if we are expending, if we are showing great care and effort, that's what it means. If we are painstaking about this phase, what phase? We're in the midst of doing our amends. We're in the ninth step, doing amends, making amends. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, this is the changes that are occurring in us. We will be amazed before we are halfway through. And I have been amazed as I've watched the people that I've worked with become recovered. It is an absolutely fabulous experience to watch their eyes open, to watch them become recovered. It truly is, as it says in the big book, you won't want to miss it. We will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And I do, a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. This is, for me, it reminds me of page 124. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have. The key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. Thanks for letting me share with that I passed. Thank you, Sally. And Amy E., your turn. Press star one to unmute, Amy. Hi, it's Amy E. Thank you for your patience. Abstinent and grateful in rural Ohio and uh, recovering through these 12 steps. Uh, I really should just pass because the woman who went before me said everything that I was going to say, including quoting from the family afterward, page 124, cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have. Um, I love, too, what has been said about we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. It's a freedom and a happiness that is different from the freedom and happiness I've been um, self-seeking and and, um, what my ambition has been driving me toward um, for most of my adult life, um, which is a happiness based on uh, money, property, and prestige. Um, 
this is a new freedom and a new happiness based on um, feeling at one with others, feeling like we have a purpose, um, and feeling like God has is walking with us through our journey in life and has our back. Um, and just to go back a little bit to that uh, first paragraph that we read today in our study today, uh, to be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. You know, I and this is it reminds me that this is why I get uncomfortable sometimes in twelve-step um, uh, recovery rooms. I hear a lot of people referring to themselves as broken, as twisted, as sick. Um, um, I'm a liar and a cheat. Um, you know, and and uh, I can't be trusted. I can't be trusted around food. Um, my brain is warped, I'm damaged, I'm broken. And it's certainly something that I have lived in for many years in recovery, and it has really beaten me down. And what I have found in my experience is that I can only think of myself like that for a little while, and then I start to get resentful, and I resent the program because I think the program is telling me that, that you know, um is treating me like this invalid and this sick and suffering and broken person. And so I start to chafe at the rooms and chafe at 12-step programs of recovery. Um, and that it's, it's, the, the, it, there, it says right here, we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. We don't even crawl before ourselves. You know, that is false pride. Uh, it's the opposite of pride. I'm weak. I'm sick. I'm suffering. I'm worse than everybody else. I have a tendency to fall into that. Um, and as a child of God, as a daughter of God, um, I am asked to think differently about myself today, and um, um, and that is coming, and I'm real glad because it's just a whole, it's a new freedom and a new happiness. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we have time for just one more of the two people that are left. Um, so, Hannah, if you could go. Hannah and um, Sheila H., if you don't mind waiting until the after meeting. Thank you. Hi, this is Hannah S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Am I on? Hello? Yes, you are. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the promise that I most wanted when I first came to program was that I, and that I imagined was most impossible was um, not regretting the past and not wishing to shut the door on it. And I, what I'm struck by is, um, you know, the spiritual, how impossible it is for me to do that of my own resources. You know, left to my own devices, I will overeat. With the spiritual help that this program offers me, there's a possibility of making peace with my past and of my past and of not needing to hide it away or wishing it were different. And I, I, I really want to hold that out to anyone who's out there struggling, believing there's no way to be at peace with one's own past because there is a way. I, I, I've recently been elected to a position of trust in a community organization dealing with mental health and 
and it's, you know, my own struggles are what make it possible for me to be of service in this setting. Um, so it's not that the, the past changes, it's that my perspective changes and who I am today changes. Thanks. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry if Sheila H., if you could hold on until after the meeting. Okay. Um, I want to thank everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deb W., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, everybody. Deb W., recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.